Hello, and welcome to the newest episode of the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. My name is Thomas Breckenridge. I'm the merchandising manager. I'm Quinn. I'm merchandising coordinator. I'm Chris, also a merchandising coordinator. And I'm Will. I'm the social media coordinator. And after a longer than usual break, uh, three weeks instead of two weeks, we are back. We uh, took a little time off for a nice little extended Labor Day vacation. I know a lot of us took a little extra time off that week. Oh, yeah. Um, to get back up from our birthday sale and slowly prepare to descend into our holiday sale. So, yeah. yeah so. One of us is excited about this. Yeah, the wave hasn't hit you yet. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Yeah, and for a lot of us here, we're preparing for the holiday sale already starting in September. So, yes. We can never stay in the same season that's actually outside. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The joys of online retail. Yeah. So, it's been three weeks, so we've. All of us have had some free time. So, Quinn, what have you been up to? What have you been reading, watching, anything fun? I am still working my way through Arta. Uh, it is definitely Fushigi Yugi material. I care about the characters just enough to know what's happening in the story, and after I'm done, it's like, yay, the library owns this. I didn't spend my money on it. Uh, that's a resounding, you know, go read it type review there. It's okay. I like, I like the idea, but uh, there's that. Um, and then we're recording this, so episode 10 of Given should be out. I have not seen it, but episode 9, oh my gosh, last Friday when I watched it, it's one of those where you just, okay, let's back up and watch that again, immediately at the end of the credits. And I did, and it's got an insert song, and I just literally sat on my living room floor and played it multiple times, over and over. It's so good. It's so good. The, the build-up was so good. The first volume of the manga is up for pre-order on our site now, too, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I got in Monday morning. I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, we need to put this up on the site. People want this. <laughs> They're just lavering over it. I want this. <laughs> yes. Good. That, too. People want this because I want this. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. I understand the will of the consumers. <laughs> <laughs> I am the consumer. <laughs> but it's like... The, the build-up to the story has been slow and, and methodical. Like, they're doing it on purpose, but it's all for this build-up in Episode 9, and I'm sure there's, there's going to be not a, a, a finish to this particular season just because there's more material than possible to get fit into it. But the arc itself, I think, is going to have a nice conclusion. And it's amazing to realize that in the last five minutes of the show that Mafuya has been more reserved than he normally is and has an actual personality because he's actually dealing with grief this whole time, which I think we've all known, but we didn't realize how much it's been hitting him. And to hear such a powerful voice behind the song when he finally gets it sung, because they've only given little snippets of any kind of music in this, it was just, it's so powerful. It's really good. So I would highly recommend that. That's what I've been ranting about in joy and rapture for the last week. There, there was lots of happy conversation at lunch one day. <laughs> we were about just going show? on. Yes. So, there, so there's multiple people working here that are watching it right now. Uh, yes. Uh, one of Will's coworkers is uh, oh, okay. also yeah. very giddy about it. We, we would. I what? We went on with a, about a, probably a 20 minute conversation about this, <laughs> or more. Yeah. We both didn't feel quite so obsessed anymore when both of us had been doing the same obsessive stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Cool. All right, Chris, what have you been up to? All right, me. What I've been starting to get into now is now that it's finally got up on Netflix, Carol and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a highly anticipated one this past season. It's the newest series from uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, who's a very accomplished director. He did uh, Cowboy Bebop, uh, Samurai Champloo, uh, Space Dandy was one of his more recent ones. And this one's kind of cool because it's uh, got a lot of sci-fi stuff, but it is a music show. It just happens to take place on Mars. If you're not familiar, it's pretty much two girls who uh, are amateur musicians. One decides to run away from home and move to the big city. The other one's already been roughing it, going from job to job in said big city. They end up meeting each other, uh, improvising music on the spot together, and deciding they want to become a musical act. But the struggle is that in the future on Mars, the music industry is very rigid and very technical. Like, music is not written by people anymore. It's just done by AI algorithms. And so it's dubstep. Pretty much. <laughs> All dubstep. It's dubstep meets K-pop. But, uh, so it's these two <laughs> girls trying to make these classic organic songs and them trying to build, like, a crowd for it. And it's interesting because they first go viral because a producer for one of these high-tech uh musical acts ends up seeing them crash the stage during a sound check and performing on the spot he posts it on YouTube and it goes viral because in the future there's still YouTube there's still Instagram there's still all the social media we have nowadays so just no one can write their own songs yeah (laughs) but it's interesting because it also parallels it with a girl named Amanda who seems to be a model that wants to be a singer but just for the fame and so she's doing it the quote-unquote old-fashioned way. So her mother's dragged her way to a Svengali who has the AI computer program that is, this is the song perfectly tuned for your voice, and we've got this machine that's rigorously trying to avoid, adjust your throat so you actually sing quote-unquote right. And so it's interesting to see her struggle against the reins and just try and do it for the fame while these two are just having a good time doing it organically. Uh, it's a lot of fun. They they do reference some of the previous Watanabe works in there, like there's somebody's watching a, their cell phone and the robot from Space Dandy is just on that cell phone <laughs> video and just like it makes me wonder if there's this shared universe he's got planned, but it just seems to be a lot of fun. It's very light. The music is wonderful. I could not suggest it higher. So like the first half of it is all up on Netflix because it's Netflix and they think we should binge everything now so they waited until there were 12 episodes before they posted it. So, so have you seen Kids on the Slope? Uh, not yet but I picked it up in yeah. a recent sale yes. so I'm excited to check Once it out. Once you're done with Carol on Tuesday watch that one. Yeah. Yes. And if you like the musical aspect of Carol on Tuesday Definitely you'll really like And yeah, then go Kids watch Kids on the Slope. Yeah. <laughs> it's got music too. <laughs> dot dot dot. Exactly. <laughs> there hasn't been much of that. Mm-hmm. FYI. <laughs> Music or the dot, dot, dot? The dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. There's more, more music, but not by much. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, what have you been up to? Oh, I've been still getting through my backlog. I've been watching, uh, kept watching Space Dandy. I watched a couple of great episodes back to back. The first one was when uh, Space Dandy and Meow ended up on an alien, uh, alien planet where it's all plants. But what's weird is that like this like the art style changed when they got on the plant. So like Watanabe must have let somebody else, some other like popular rising director, mm-hmm. take over for him for an episode. Mm-hmm. And 
oh man, it's awesome. It's totally weird and totally out there because <laughs> the idea is that these plants have become sentient. So they have all these weird looking like microbes or plant looking creatures that are just like all these like crazy designs, but something that I could never think of myself, but something I don't think I could ever see anywhere else. Mm. So I was something I really enjoyed a lot. And then the episode after that was when uh, they went to Meow's home planet and we got to see his his life and his family. And like, I wasn't expecting it to be like as like, a, I guess, down to earth, I guess is what it says. I mean, there's a little sci-fi aspect to it as well, but like, it really like shows like a, a kind of like a really like uh, humble humble origins for Meow and like his and how his family act and stuff is really just feels like very lifelike or it's just something that's very relatable. And it was something I wasn't expecting to be so touched by an episode about Meow as I as I was. It's a slice of life in the middle of your space. Yeah, but it's like it's his, but like his dad gets to do the, to the picture, and you mm-hmm. think like, oh, he Meow was supposed to take over the family business, but he's not, and you expect the dad to be all like mad and everything, but he couldn't be more proud of his son going out and like trying to live the life he wants to live. It's it's mm-hmm. awesome. Have you got to the uh, dog cosmonaut episode yet? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Let me know when you get to that one. Okay. 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 That's my favorite one. So, uh, um, no, Space Sandy. Uh, I think they have that in a complete collection on Blu-ray now, yep. so that is totally worth picking up. Oh, yeah. So, uh, for me, uh, I've had a busy couple of weeks, so I haven't got, been able to watch a lot. I've done the usual keep up on Demon Slayer. Uh, keep up on Astra Lost in Space, which uh, has still been an absolutely a, <clears throat> awesome adaptation of the manga. Um, Vinland Saga is always a much watch every Sunday for me. Uh, they are going to be on a week delay here because of weather. Um, but the, the one big thing I did is uh, I went to Crunchyroll Expo recently and I was going to go do a bunch of Junji Ito stuff, so I read and watched a bunch of Junji Ito stuff. Mm-hmm. And his collection that is currently streaming on uh, Crunchyroll, and you can purchase it on Blu-ray from Funimation. I went and watched all those after I had reading all of his short works, and I wish I could say I liked it more, but the way that the art adapted his like manga style, it just didn't work out. Like I didn't get the same like feeling of dread and stuff like that that I got when reading the manga, mm-hmm. and it was really kind of unfortunate because like. His stuff is so detailed, um, and like his stories are so great, and just the way they kind of adapted it, unfortunately, wasn't the best in the world. Um, and I'll get to kind of another idea of his adaptation when I talk about Crunchyroll here in a second, but I also watched Gyo, Tokyo Fish Attack, which mm. honestly is just like, uh, the manga is great. It's not his best work, but it's really good. But the animated version of it reminds me of Sharknado. And it is just everybody of Sharknado. Rough CG. The the main girl just like she gets like thrown into cars. Like when she gets like rammed, like her corpse just flails in the air and then hits the ground the hardest as possible. And then she gets up like nothing's fine. There's multiple <laughs> points in it when I watch her just get hit and I'm like, Yeah, she should be dead, but nope, she just gets up and she goes, Oh, that sucked. And it was just, those two, like, it's sad that those two so far have been the adaptations of his work, but, like, like all of his manga stuff, uh, Uzumaki is great, um, I got through, like, Shiver, uh, I reread Tomei, like, his stuff is just amazing, like, um, 
yeah, so I, it's just been mostly a binge of Juji Ito stuff uh, to get rid of for Crunchyroll, which leads me into our next part, um, just a little overview of Crunchyroll. So I went to Crunchyroll Expo as a vacation slash have a panel there, and uh, <laughs> I was lucky enough to uh, go to a couple of Junji Ito panels. I went to the one where he kind of just did a freestyle drawing of a work he was working on. That was really cool to see how much detail and how he just goes about, like, creating these drawings like unfortunately with the time period he only really got to draw the hair of the character but even just watching that like it was pretty amazing like how he just like delicately did it um when they were interviewing him too like they would interview him while he was drawing so he would have to stop drawing to answer questions so he didn't really get as far as he wanted to uh the coolest part at the end of that panel uh was they made the announcement that uzumaki is going to be adapted and the director behind it is the person who did Mushishi, which Ooh. is so beautiful. Yes. And it looks like the style is going to be all black and white. And I honestly, just watching the trailer of it, I'm like, this is the way his stuff should be adapted. Like, just that style. It looks like it's going to be beautiful and they're finally going to get it right. And it's going to premiere in America before Japan on Toonami which is Ooh. insane. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's a cross thing between Toonami and Japan. Um, one of the cool things they said about it too is they went to a shrine in Japan uh, to th- and went through a certain ceremony to ask forgiveness um, so they won't be cursed because of the material <laughs> they were making. And they had oh, wow. one of the American awesome. guys from Toonami there and just you can tell like he's really nervous and like at the end, uh, the girl um, from the company that's like producing it in Japan, she's just like, "Oh, I could tell so and so was nervous, and he made mistakes. So hopefully we don't get cursed. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a kind of a funny way to end it. But um, I feel like that's someone who what somebody would said when they opened uh, Tutankhamen's tomb. Yep. <laughs> oh, hopefully we don't get cursed. Yeah. Okay. Well, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's it's cool. He's really really down to earth. Uh, he. Um, he's got a really good sense of humor too, which I find a lot of horror writers to think of these things. You have to have a good sense of humor. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're very dark. They're you know very out of the ordinary. So usually when you think of the, you read this stuff and you picture the person that making it, you're like, oh, he must be mm. crazy. And it's like, oh no, he's just super funny, kind of normal, quirky guy. So and <laughs> lucky enough was able to uh, meet him and get an autograph, shake his hand. So that was pretty. That was the highlight of the whole thing. Um, I also caught a preview for a new anime coming out, and it'll be winter 2020 called Somali or Somali to Mori no Kasi Kamisama, I think is how it's pronounced. <laughs> but um, so the premise behind this is there was a great war between basically like m- mythical beast and humans, and the mythical beast win and almost eradicate all humans, and any humans that are still alive, if they're caught, they're killed. So humans are basically like the worst of the worst uh it follows a little girl who uh how do i put it a golem finds this little girl and he disguises this little girl as like a demon by giving her like a little hoodie that makes it look like she has little demon ears (laughs) it's very adorable and there's a lot of cute stuff and she is very much like a four-year-old girl like oh curiosity what's this what's that do who are you nice to meet you and this poor like golem creature who is trying to like protect her is just like can you just stay next to me and like not do anything because you're gonna get yourself killed and there's a there's a part in it where like she like sees a cat and what does a four-year-old do when they see a cat i'm gonna follow it and grab the tail 
And like the, <laughs> the cat, she follows the tail of the cat, and then eventually, the cat like corners her and is just like, "You smell really weird. I can't put my like my paw on it, but you smell like <laughs> something." And then like luckily, the golem shows up and goes, "Get out of here, cat!" And like blows a super eye laser at him and stuff. <laughs> but Aww. I can tell that this thing is gonna get very very dark. Um, it seems I I missed the first five minutes, so I might have missed some of the context, but it seems. The golem is trying to get her back to her people, and he doesn't exactly know where the humans are hiding, but he's going to go try to find a way to get her to safety. Um, there, it's going to be a long trek. I don't think it's going to get like made in abyss dark, mm-hmm. but it, I think there's going to be some pretty dark parts. She's pretty naive to the fact that if they were to figure out who she is, they would kill her. This kind of sounds like the the girl from the other side manga. Oh, yeah. Side. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... It looks beautiful. Uh, the cities are really well imagined. The creatures are really well imagined. Um, and uh, he, she refers to the golem as dad. Mm-hmm. So I think they're kind of trying to fake people out with that. And the whole thing, too, is she sees a scene. There's a scene in it where she sees a couple, um, like a little girl and her father, and the little girl's holding the father's hand. And she sees, like, the golem and, like, oh, I like you're my dad. I should be able to mm-hmm. do that. And... He doesn't think on emotional terms. He thinks in logical terms, like, you should stay close to me because it makes sense. So, like, at the end of the episode, she, like, goes up and, like, holds his hand and goes, like, oh, this is what, like, daughters and fathers do. And he's, like, well, will this make you stay close? Yep. Cool. Let's do it then. And then, like, she's super overjoyed because she thinks they're closer. And he's just, like, well, at least she's not going to run away now. So it was super adorable. I'm actually really excited to see this when this comes out. Um, I wasn't able to catch anything else, but I did see that. Um, we did have a panel of Crunchyroll Expo, and we had two awesome announcements. Uh, Gundam NT, uh, which we released on Blu-ray uh, through Bandai, kind of a little bit more of an expensive ultra edition. Um, we are going to be releasing under our own label um, for way less, probably $24, $22 will probably be the price on that. So everybody has been waiting to get that for a little bit cheaper. We're going to be able to deliver that. And then uh, after work, Gundam X, we are going to bring onto Blu-ray, which has always been my favorite alternative century Gundam. I don't know if anybody's seen. I haven't seen it after war. It's, it's been on my list, but yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah, just the design seemed really cool in that mm-hmm. series, so I'm excited for that one. Yeah, it's like a little like space boat adventure. Um and, like, it has, like, little, like, ideas of, like, Gundam Wing and stuff. Like, the ideas of Gundam Wing that I liked, I guess. I I wasn't a huge fan of Gundam Wing. But After War, it's, like, 52 episodes. But it's a really good series. So those two will be coming to Blu-ray next year. As well as the one that everybody's been waiting for, which is Gundam Seed. That, that <laughs> would be one of our co yeah. who goes insane. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gundam Seed. So Thomas is thrilled. Yeah, not my favorite Gundam, but I know everybody loves it. I I think, like, I was from the, there's, like, two, like, groups of, like, there's three groups of people. There's the people who, like, were on the original Gundam. They knew what it was. They got the fan tapes. They're the people, the Toonami generation that saw the Gundam Wing. Mm -hmm. And then there were the generation that saw Gundam Seed. Mm -hmm. And those were, like, the generations of, like, Gundam fans I've kind of gone to know. I, I haven't seen a lot of people who said that. Iron-Blooded Orphans was their first mm. Gundam. I think a lot of people just kind of watched it knowing what Gundam was, but I haven't met anybody yet that were like, oh, yeah, Iron-Blooded Orphans was my first yeah. Gundam. So I, I see those three tribes are kind of where the Gundam fans kind of come from. So It's like the first Star Wars movies. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Which Star Wars movie was your first? Do you like the Ewoks or do you not like the Ewoks? Oh, God, does that make me an Anakin trilogy guy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. 
Yeah, you can just say that you saw the special editions in theaters first. Yeah. That's, that's what that's what I yeah, always sure. say. So, but yeah, that's kind of what we've been up to. So we are bringing back Massacre Dub Theater since uh, the last one we did. Um, so this one Quinn came up with, yep. and it's from one of her favorite shows of all time. Well, not all time, <laughs> all, but I okay. enjoy it way. She more enjoys than it more than anybody at this table. How about we put it that way? Um, so she came up with a scene, and Chris, Will, and I will be acting it. Will and I will be acting out female parts, so please forgive us for our terrible sounding voices. I've got a bit of a sore throat, so if you hear any cracking, that's why. Yeah, Chris is lucky he gets to act uh, as a male character, so not a lot of change, but probably a lot of shouting. So It's something I'm good at. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and get started on this, and uh, Quinn's going to let us off here. And action. Master Thief Lupin, your soul has become a magic egg. It is pure evil. And, and now, now we've come, come to claim, claim it. it. Just look, Marcy, your stance is off again. The two of you aren't even in a line. Oh, I'm so sorry, Chuck. Uh, Chuck, do you really think now is the time to be worried about that? Yes, I do. I want it to be perfect every time. I know, but do you think that this one's maybe... Why is Lupin dancing on that bag? How many times do I have to tell you everything must be in perfect balance? Symmetry is what makes the world beautiful. He ran away. He ran away! Marcy, why can't you be quiet and listen when I'm talking? Is that so much to ask, huh? Okay. Symmetry is key. Everything must be aesthetically pleasing. Oh, wonderful. Here we go. That's why I use the two of you as twin pistols in Orvator to preserve symmetry. When I hold you both, I'm completely balanced, on the right and left. It isn't perfect, because your human forms are so different from each other, though. Your hairstyles and your height, for example, even your boobs are different sizes. Excuse me for being smaller than my little sister. What right do you have to talk about symmetry anyway? Three stripes on the left side of your hair and none on the right? That doesn't look symmetrical to me. You're right. I'm... I'm an abomination. I'm filthy, and dirty, and, and unbalanced. Why is, why is there only one set of stripes? Garbage. Asymmetrical garbage. I just want to die. Yeah, and here we go. Marcy? Yes? Now, now, Chuck. You can't forget that you're a grim reaper. Compared to that, what do three little lines matter? Yeah, Chuck. You're not garbage. If you were garbage, then you'd smell a lot worse. So why don't we just get up and try again, okay? You don't think I'm asymmetrical garbage? Really? No, of course not. Garbage is you, and you're not. Alright then, let's report to my father. Not the sharpest tool in the shed, is he? These little rich kids are always so gullible. And scene. scene. Alright, so if you survived so that terrible acting from the three of us and know what dub that anime comes from, you can email us over at rspodcast at rightstuff.com and let us know what it is, and you can win a free gift card and a t shirt. Ooh, we're so, up in the stakes. Yeah, yeah. that swag. So, t shirt, $25 gift card, doesn't get much better than that for trying to figure out what terrible, terrible acting that anime came from. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the big project we have been working on for our review today is coming up soon. 
Shinkai's got a new movie coming out, Weathering With You, which seems to be getting as much hype as uh, your name did. Yeah. Um, really. So that's really exciting that the follow-up to that is going to be probably just as good. Um, it's mm-hmm. doing super well over in Japan, and we'll see if it breaks the record of your name, which it has the possibility yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. They're already getting ready for it to ha- be an Oscar contention this year. Your name, unfortunately, kind of fell at a weird time where it never was able to be nominated for an Oscar, but this one, wow. I think, is going to be up for Best Animated one if it gets voted in, which, from what it sounds like, it's probably going to. Yeah. So to get ready for Weathering With You, we decided to look back at some of the works of Shinkai. Uh, preferably, we looked at uh, Voices of a Distant Star, mm-hmm. 5 centimeters per second, Garden of Words, and Your Name. Uh, the ones we did miss, uh, we did not do The Place Promised in their early days, um, and we also didn't do, what is the other uh, one? Children Who Chase Less Voices. Children Who Chase Less Voices, yeah. which to me is just like a really bad photocopy Studio Ghibli film. I didn't even know that was a Makoto Shinkai thing yeah. until you told me, and I'm like, it, what? Yeah. No. <laughs> it, to me, I think it is probably his worst work. Um, yeah. Probably followed by the pro- the day the prom- the day promised in the early days. But yeah, that's a tongue twister. Yeah. Uh, we skipped that <laughs> one too, just because that was probably not one of his best ones. So, yeah, and big warning too, if you're not already aware, we're gonna have spoilers. Yeah, so we're gonna spoil all spoilers. Of so um, we also um, did anybody get to watch Gathering of Cats? No, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That one's cute. It's only a minute long. It's just basically the idea. He has a thing for cats, which who doesn't? But it basically shows. <laughs> it's a cute little video on YouTube. It's literally called Gathering of Cats. One minute. Uh, just hop on and watch it. Um, it's, it's super hilarious um, compared to some of his stuff that's a little bit more sadder. Um, he also had did another short. I'm not sure the name of it. It came out in 2013 or 14. He was a partnership with a real estate company. It's basically about a girl who moves out and like her father is like, you should come visit. And she's always like, I'm too busy. Like my life's great. Don't worry, dad. But her life actually really sucks, but she doesn't want to tell him because she loves her dad. Mm. And then there's eventually an event that happens and like it brings her back home to kind of relive stuff. Um, There's a cat in this one too. Um, (laughs) All I can say is this eight minute short, uh, made me water up a little bit mm. and i was just like how the hell do you do this shinkai how do you do this but, uh, that one is really worth watching too if you like shorts and like i said that one's only eight minutes um i don't think there's an english name for it but i'll, I'll try to look for the name of it while we're talking here so mm. kind of just to get things started uh we'll just kind of talk about uh I think the best way to kind of go about it is we'll just each talk about which work we like the most from him and which one we like the least so quinn why don't you start us off uh, out of all of these, like, I really like your name, but I watched Garden of Words, and this would be the second time in their years apart, and I don't remember being so moved the first time, so I don't know if it was like I just didn't get it, or if it was just too much, you know, scenery shots, but I really appreciated the scenery in that one. So I'm going to go with Garden of Words for my favorite, even though I really like your name as well. Um, and I just think it's really beautiful and the animation quality oh my gosh that's such a jump up from five centimeters per second yeah, and voices insane. of a distant star like voices of a distant star i put that back in and i'm going whoa it, it was the <laughs> all first, right it was the first time too that his characters were finally on model like even five oh. centimeters per second like there are parts where like the characters are a little rough looking oh yeah and yeah. then they go to like garden of words and you're like holy yeah Crap. it's like <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like jeez yeah. i i was mostly in my head going Someone else was helping. Yeah. I feel like someone was like, um, 
yeah, fix this. Yeah, the I think the company he works with is Comix or what it yeah, is. Yeah, And his his studio, the more popular he got, the more people that he had at his studio, mm-hmm. as you can tell that yeah. like his crew was amassing and getting way bigger. So Yeah, and I, I liked at the very end I was I was laughing when uh, in the credits it said that the park was based on a real life place, but it does not allow alcohol and tobacco use. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> because she's sitting in there the drinking the whole time. That was a cool little story. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked also the uniqueness of the the teenagers want to be a shoemaker. I mean, how do you even yeah. get into that? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I, I liked the messages of all of the movies. I liked how there's always that silver lining and how people can connect. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna dump all over the fact that I noticed something watching these back to back that just annoyed me after I realized it, but Shinkai likes to do the whole build up, find the climax, emotional moment, and then, all right, my work is done here. And then he walks off and kind of just leaves you hanging. Yeah. And I'm going, dude, there's, there's gotta be, what, what are you, that's the end. Yeah. And I mean, it works in your name because there's that conclusion enough where they meet and, and find each other again that you're like, oh, they found each other and that's all you were wanting. Mm. Whereas in like Garden of Words, I was, <clears throat> did, are, are you going to find her? Okay. Are, are you going to do anything? What's going on? <laughs> I was going to wait till I brought it up. But, I know, right? Uh, Garden of Words, I completely agree. Garden of Words ending is terrible. Like, it's literally like... It's that high it, climax point of crying, oh, Kleenex, and then... It is an emotional, like, explosion, and then, like, here's a, here's a J-pop song. Oh, God, yeah. And then it's just like, what oh. the hell? Like, you didn't even let anybody, like, take in the emotional reaction, and here's a song. The friggin' montages. They're in all of them. I'm like, yeah. stop it. Just... Stop it. It's like, oh, here's a oh. J-pop song, and there's a train, and here's some rain, and it's like the greatest hits of Shinkai. Yeah. Oh, my God. It made me so, it made me so annoying. But, like, I, I think that's where I come to the part with, like, uh, Garden of Words could have been 15 minutes uh, shorter. It could I think have been a little longer and had a conclusion and no yeah. music. Oh, God, that ending. Yeah, it's... it's oh. you, and, you know, there's a little... I think, if I remember, there's a little bit after... No. There's a like a little bit after the credits. After the credits. Yeah, I think Smidge. I can't remember if that came at the end or the after the credits. And I, I think it's only there to have a little bit of conclusion because mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, in a few years maybe I'll go see her, and then mm-hmm. bam, it's the actual end. Mm-hmm. End, and yeah. I'm like, that didn't help. <laughs> I, I like to think of Garden of Words as like Shinkai's flex on his like studio, him and his studio's ability to animate and yeah. do stuff like like oh look oh, how yeah. cool this is, <clears throat> and here's kind of a story. Yeah, I mean, it has that unique look to it, too. Yeah. It's got kind of a pastel, mm-hmm. like, almost a glow about mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, so, no, I... Garden words. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that Andy was coming, too, and I'm like, I was like, I can't wait till I almost feel something and then just have a song thrown in my face. <laughs> but, yes. God. So, well, you said that uh, Garden Words is your favorite Overall, uh, or would you say? I, I would say overall, yeah. I'd still stick with your name. Okay. Um, but Garden of Words, just on the rewatch, it, it felt more powerful than it did the mm-hmm. first time I watched it. Yeah. But yeah, your, your name would definitely take the cake. But it's also the newest, and I'm like, and I see why it's probably on the top of my list, because you've had all these other films where you dinked around and tried to figure out how to better present things. Mm-hmm. So... Cool. Chris, what about you? What yeah. was your favorite? What was your I'm favorite? pretty much in the same boat as far as, like, favorite one. Because, like, yeah, your name, like, this, compared to all the other ones, it's like you finally figured out how to do a complete movie from start to finish. Because mm-hmm. you've got build-up, you've got to 
point of tension when uh, it turns out that they realize that they're separated by three years Mm -hmm. and not just swapping back and forth every now and then. Um, But then also, you know, it has an ending. It has a resolution. People get together and they meet. And also, the one thing that I thought was also noticeable in here, this is the most character work I felt he had Mm -hmm. done with any characters. Like Mitsuo, the girl, she had a, she was very helpful with the local community doing temple work. Uh, Taki, the boy, he had a life where he was like working as a server at a restaurant and he had a like friends he would joke around with. There's the older server woman who was kind of into him and so mm. Mitsuha set him up on a date without him knowing about it. So, and it was fun to see stuff like that because it felt like very much characters. And I feel like that's one of the things that sort of hurt my opinions of the other ones is just like their character definition was just like boy and girl. <laughs> like yeah. that's the character that you've got built. And, like, that's one of the things that you could see him building towards that. Because as we get further along in these movies from start to finish, they get more character and background to them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think was really good. It's like, your name seems to be finally Makoto Shinkai figuring out how to do a full movie and hitting it on all cylinders. Yeah. And, like, some of the cool things that connect all these, like, the like just him putting a ton of detail into mundane situations otherwise. Like... He can make a train stop look like the most beautiful thing in the world. That's just fascinating. <laughs> that he can put that much detail and that much like little touch in the colors where it's just like, oh man, I could spend 20 seconds waiting for this train to pass and be not at all disappointed. There was a scene in Garden of Words where I literally thought it was a live action of the rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that real? Yeah. So yeah. The, yeah. the rain effects in Garden mm-hmm. of Words were just so awesome. Yeah. But, um... As far as his least favorite goes, I feel like five centimeters per second may have been that one for me. I can rant about that. Because, like... Well, I, I'm not trying to interrupt you, because I love so far that everybody has a different opinion. Yeah. And it always makes me exactly. super happy. And that's, that's yeah. a sign of a good filmmaker. Yeah. Like you get yeah. all these different yeah. angles that you didn't look at before. Mm-hmm. But um, with five centimeters per second, that once again fell in the slot of not a lot of characterization. Like, you had Takaki, who was just a boy, who was good friends with Akari, a girl, and then Takaki had to move away. And it felt like it was, like... Because, obviously, one of the big themes of Shinkai's movies, at least taking these four as a sample, is distance. Mm -hmm. He's finding a way, like, putting massive distances, whether, like distance literally as in voices of a distant star or more mundane distance as in five centimeters or like the double feature from a garden words where it's both they only ever meet when it rains and also it turns out that Takao the teen is like 12 years younger than the girl that he ends up having emotional connection with Mm -hmm. Yukari the uh, turns out failed teacher at his school not failed set up to get kicked out yeah. unfairly mm-hmm. that that's a brutal story mm-hmm. but five centimeters per second it's just like the first that's three parts the first one is just i'm taking a really crappy train trip to see this girl and it's kind of nice the second one is just like he's just distracted the whole like distracted thing about the same girl to the fact that like there's another girl that crushes on him and tries to express her feelings, but never does, because clearly he's thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. And then the third chapter is just like, he's grown up, still has feelings for her. Third chapter. Third quotes. chapter. Yeah. The third montage yeah. music number. It's like five is. minutes. Oh my God. But they they sort of run into each other and then never meet. Nothing is... Did they run is, into each other? 
they 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 notice each other on a train and they wait and then she's gone by the time the train passes at the I end. don't even remember that. Yeah. I was yeah. ranting at the TV. <laughs> I was like, why is this guy who was so nice at the beginning suddenly dead inside? Yeah. I'm like, how did he get to be so dead? Because he's just so damn hung up oh, on this girl. He's so mad at <laughs> the music montage, rant, rant, rant. Anyway. But that's the one where it's like he like Shinkai did not figure out how to get across that finish line, so nothing is resolved. Like, Kanai, the girl with the crush, just is forever haunted by this guy she could have had. And then Takaki and Akari never get together. They just live miserable salaryman lives in Tokyo. (laughs) Just, it's so frustrating. You want to at least have some resolution. Like, one of them gets a puppy or something. But no, it's just everybody's miserable. And I was just like, come on. Just... didn't the main girl, she she was getting married to somebody though. Was she? Yeah. Okay. You see, I totally forgot that. See, yeah, it's not. No. Okay. Yeah. Are you talking about um, five centimeters per second? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she she's getting married because mm-hmm. she was visiting her parents and well, they were clearly like, oh, it's going to be a loveless relationship. I don't know. That, that, I was like, well, she's apparently forgotten about him, poor guy. Maybe. Maybe I, it's. I don't know. I maybe think, that's just toxic yeah. masculinity is the big plot line of this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I think I somebody. I have feelings for one woman, and I will never change. Uh, uh, yeah, I think somebody once said something to the effect that if only the characters would pick up the phone and call each other, this right? could have been saved. And it's like, they obviously have phones. Come on, guys. <laughs> Apparently they've got a phone phobia. Who knows? Or maybe their parents are just really pissed off about the long distance bits. <laughs> yeah. They called too many 1-900 numbers in the late 80s to talk to RoboCop when they're making mm-hmm. up for that. <laughs> RoboCop. Yeah. Or, or Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. That Honestly, I did that when I was a kid. My parents were pissed off. I spent like two hundred dollars on long distance just talking to pro wrestlers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Real talk. Oh no. So maybe it's one of those. Maybe. 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 That's the best explanation I've heard. Yeah. If we put it in the movie, it will not make it any worse or better. It's overly specific, but very sensible. So what five centimeters per second needs is RoboCop. I think that's a summary right there. We could take the robots from uh, Voices of a Distant Star and put them in five there we go. per God. second. Yep. <laughs> Those robots that they stole from Castle in the Sky. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, he made it on a Power Mac. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, what was your favorite and least favorite uh, Shinkai? This is kind of tough. Uh, I feel that Garden of Words edges out your name by this, by just a smidge. Only because I feel like Garden of Words is able to do in 40 minutes what Your Name was able to do at the same time in two hours. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the efficient part of storytelling. Obviously, Your Name's ending is way better mm-hmm. than that, but I just feel like Garden of Words is able to do a lot of what Your Name does in a shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I really like really like how everything just looks. Weather is on, the weather is beautiful and everything. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I always feel I feel like a, a string for me in in uh, Shinkai's films is that his characters seem to be uh, underdeveloped overall, mm-hmm. yeah. consistently. So, mm-hmm. so that, that kind of hurts your name more because he's got two hours to develop these characters, <laughs> and he doesn't do that a whole lot. But mm-hmm. like Garden of Words, like he's only got forty minutes. You can't really you can't really fault a guy for not doing enough in forty yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like my least favorite. Voices of a Distant Star. I mean, it's easily it's the most easy one to easy one to poke the flaws at. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I mean, 
it's hard to follow. Like it, it, it was just him and this and his girlfriend that did the voices. He was the one who had to do all the drawing, and even if like all the CGI looks straight out of a PlayStation PlayStation game, it's like. I mean, it's it's just him. That's all he can really do was his shoestring budget. Yeah, yeah he just like I said, he did it on his home computer, which in itself is an awesome feat. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the story was just like, to me, it felt like Gunbuster with cell phones. And cell phones don't work that way either. Right? Oh. I especially love the oh on the phone display. It's like oh sending time. This is gonna take nine years to email. Like, do you, are you just stuck on that screen until the email finishes sending? <laughs> oh, what if Danny wants to go get lunch in the commissary later on before we get to the station? Oh, I don't know. I'm still friggin' emailing Takao or whatever. No, not, not Naboru. Let's get the names right. I'm looking at my sheet. Cool. All right. <laughs> so. I'm gonna go against everyone and yep. say that my favorite one was Voices of a Distant Star, <laughs> <laughs> and my least favorite was uh, Garden of Words. <laughs> so I'm in a completely different boat. So uh, the reason why I like Voices of a Distant Star, it might be a nostalgia thing because I did see it way back in the early 2000s yep. and was blown away with it. So to the thing about the graphics looking like PlayStation One graphics, funny story: before Shinkai started making his own work and doing anime, he did cutscenes for PlayStation 1 JRPGs. Uh, So that's why they look so similar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For Voices of the Distant Star, I just, I really like the fact that it was a female character Mm. being the one that went out to space and it was a guy waiting on her. Because I felt like a lot of the tropes have always been like, oh, he's the big bad spaceman and he's super good at the Gundam and (laughs) the girl's gonna wait at home for him and this one was like, she is like, she's like higher education. She mm-hmm. she's the one that gets picked, and he has to wait at home and kind of wait for her, and he has to have go through all those feelings that usually the female character has to go through. Mm-hmm. And I just I love the imagery of her just in that shell, kind of like curled up and just kind of just floating there in that nothingness. Like mm-hmm. because like his later stuff is like if somebody's floating in noth- nothingness, it's not really nothingness because it's like beautiful imagery everywhere. Uh, and yeah. like the voices of the distant <laughs> star was like. He still used like blacks and darkness mm-hmm. and voids and stuff like that. And later on, like he's still like, I want this person to feel like shut off and lonely, but here's some beautiful trees. And it, <laughs> it can kind of be hard to get that emotion through. So I felt like Voices of the Distant Star was like when he was still like true, kind of a little bit more true to himself, mm-hmm. and he was still thinking about those kind of things. Um, and I, I, I like I like the ending of it too, where you're kind of just left to you don't know if she's going to make it back and I don't know they, they were kind of screwed there at the end yeah <laughs> that yeah. alien fluid I'm like you can, no, you can still you can still have a little yeah his it, it is very dark but I don't know it's there's a little bit of ambiguity there I guess mm. with it but I, I just like it it's 14 minutes long you you know exactly kind of what's going on they don't have to be like well here's 10 minutes to be like in 20 whatever these aliens attacked earth it's and, set up was pretty yeah good. like i completely knew exactly what was going on and i didn't need any info dump so yeah. Yeah. i really really appreciated that and then the biggest thing for me is him and his wife made it 
Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty freaking yeah. incredible that they created mm-hmm. this thing with, you know, Max back in 2001. And uh, I know it is pretty dated now, but I would kill for, like, an updated version of it now with, oh, like, would be awesome, like yeah. really amazing graphics. Like, they actually put a plot to it, like, we mm-hmm. can see yeah. he can do now. Yeah. yeah. One, one thing with Voice of the Discord, <coughs> like, I remember the nostalgia factor of mm-hmm. it, too, because mm-hmm. I, I dug out my old DVDs and mm-hmm. got to see ADV, 10th Anniversary Edition. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was great nostalgia yeah, on that. Right? But um, it, it's like the context that's there is just, it's so relatable for the time frame. Mm-hmm. And then, like you were saying, he did the graphics for the PlayStation. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that nostalgia trip down there, too. Yeah. Um, I just, I think that what, what I would love to see is more showing rather than telling. Because it mm-hmm. seemed like a lot of exposition over yeah. just pretty scenery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I would like I said, I'd love to see an updated version of it now with everything he's learned yeah. and his mm-hmm. his team. And I'd like to see if he can still keep that spirit that I really loved about it mm-hmm. in it still with all that updated stuff. So, and maybe a little bit of a difference in the whole cell phone usage. We'll see. Um, yeah, yeah, it's something like better than a Nokia. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the, the thing though. Is the die. theme throughout yeah. is it'll, always, it'll, it'll, it'll it'll always die, is but Nokia phones. will live on. <laughs> it'll send that message no matter how long it takes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I changed my number. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, that's, I that's one thing. That. that would be the great response yeah. nine years later. Sorry, I, uh, I've still got you in my phone, at my address book. This is my new number now. If you're yeah. still interested, text me in the next hour. Uh, so, you were saying something. No, that's okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, Garden of Words is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I was like, that is the, the point where you're like, okay, he has finally hit his niche at, like, what imagery he wants to go mm-hmm. with with his work. Mm-hmm. Like, I really loved it, but... God, I just did not like either of those characters at all. And that ending, like Quinn had brought up, just made me so infuriated that it's just <laughs> like, oh, here comes the big emotional like gut punch. And like, you know, it is build up was there. And then like it gave you like no room to like take it. I, like the best example is just take any famous like movie of a, like a big dramatic scene and like think about how like there's those pauses in between people saying things for you to kind of take in what was said and analyze it. He's just like, let me dump it all on you and then go to a song. And yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's upbeat and cheery. It's yeah. Like, no. mm. um, yeah. But, I mean, with Voices of a Distance, sorry, your name is right up there for me. The One of the big reasons I like your name is it was the first time that these characters, even though the events were happening to them, uh, these characters weren't, I wouldn't consider lonely. Mm-hmm. They had friends. Yeah. Their friends were developed. Like, mm-hmm. you they liked it lives. when they hung out yeah. with their friends and mm-hmm. stuff like that. The, uh, she had a grandma, and she was a great character. Like, he finally, like, just didn't have boy and girl, loneliness, sadness, nostalgia, all this kind of stuff. It was just like, if, like, let's say the comet never would have hit, and these two would have never switched bodies. These, these two would have probably had really oh, normal, yeah, normal, great yeah. lives and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, uh... The other ones, it always just felt like these characters were always in, like, with if I don't have this person, I'm going to be miserable. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and even, like, and then you always do, like, the end of the his works, is, there's always a scene of, like, a couple years later or whatever, mm. and, like, they're still longing for each other, and mm. it's kind of like, well, they're never going to get over this. They have each other on the train. At yeah. The but, like, both these, like, <laughs> in, in your name, like, they eventually, you know, the post credit scene, they, like, see each other, um and they ask your name and all that kind of stuff and they get brought together so i don't know your name i think finally got it right like Mm -hmm. 
don't just focus on these two. Make sure the supporting cast is good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure I, there is a supporting cast. Yeah, <laughs> make sure there is a supporting cast. So, um, and I haven't really done a lot of research into it, but I think that your name was the first one where he came up with the idea of the story, but it was written by other people. Uh, and I think a lot of the other stuff that he <laughs> made... in your forehead. Yeah, yeah. He wrote himself, and I think that might have been why, like, it didn't resonate as much with me. Mm. Um, and, like, your name... Your name is just... It's so good. Like, if Weathering, yeah. like, if weathering You is going to be as good as that, I'm super excited. Yeah. So. I'm just curious about the high school girlfriend that had to move away from him that he can't get over. <laughs> That's got to be why this keeps on happening. <laughs> yeah, but he's married and he seems pretty happy. You think? I hope so, God. But if he sees that girl on a train, though, yeah, <laughs> then it's just career's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll just have to walk around in the rain until he finds her. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other things I, I like about Shinkai's work is... So he is really big on, with his imagery, I think, I always feel like he's trying to get me to smell or feel things. Like, Mm. you feel like you can feel the rain when you see that rain coming down. Mm -hmm. You could smell what that, you know. He has, like, unique angles, too, for things. Like, the Mm -hmm. undercarriage of the train wheel. Mm -hmm. That, to me, was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anybody use that kind of Yeah, that's definitely one of the things I put in my notes. He just focused so much on bringing high detail to just the most mundane things and bringing beauty Mm-hmm. in places that you just never would expect it and makes you sort of appreciate just random everyday situations that much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think know exactly what those cell phones look like. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to he really tries to build he uses imagery to build nostalgia for us. And I it's interesting to want, have watched some of his stuff when I was younger to watching his stuff now because now I feel like I watch it and like you get that like longing for like missing like that crush or like those like summer days with like your friends and that weather and those feelings you had back then when you were younger. So I I you pull a lot of nostalgic nostalgic feelings out of it now that like I might not have like gotten like when I was like seventeen and watching five centimeters per second mm-hmm. compared to like watching like your name and stuff now at like an older age it's mm-hmm. i don't know i that's i guess that's what i really get out of his like his, his imagery and what he's kind of go for it. so i don't mm-hmm. know if anybody else agrees or no i'd say that's fair gets anything mm-hmm. out of it so yeah. maybe i'm just not old enough to feel the nostalgia yeah, <laughs> yeah. over there you're not i think well, us three are all in our 30s right uh sure. i'm 40 but yeah 40 yeah so and you're yeah. still in your 20s i'm turning 26 in two days okay Ooh. You're getting closer, so that means you're like, getting cupcakes, right? <laughs> I mean, it'll be for the whole class, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, does anybody have else have any thoughts of kind of what they watched or anything they kind of came up with ideas, themes, and stuff from his work? I'm I'm just gonna say that I never noticed the whole montage thing being a repetitive theme in his movies until we did this. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure I should thank this project for pointing that out to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's three things that I know he loves. He loves rain, he loves trains, and he has a weird foot fetish. So really, I don't know. Did you notice that? The foot fetish thing? Only in Garden of Words because yeah. he's a shoe designer. I, I can't remember, but there's a couple other scenes I remember with foot stuff, like scenes with feet that are like really like artsy and beautiful looking. And I, for me, I just fall into like the whole Quentin, Tar- yeah. Quentin Tarantino thing with like, here's this beautiful angle of feet. And it's just kind of like, huh, like, guard of words. I'm like, yeah, I can see he's drawing the feet, but that's a real like 
So I don't know if there's like a... Small little details. Feet. I don't know. <laughs> Good note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, does anybody else have anything else on uh, like the Shinkai's work? I think all four of us here are probably going to go see Weathering with yes. you. Oh, yeah. I can pretty definitely. much imagine that. So. I, I, like outside of the fact that I don't even know the plot line, but it's like the trailers I've seen, she can fly or do mm-hmm. things in the rain. Of course there's rain. Of course. And right. and I'm like, what is the plot of this? But now that oh. we've been talking about this, I'm you don't like, know? No, no, I don't want spoilers. Okay. I just yeah. want to show up to the theater and be like, what yeah. is this? So I I'll figure it out. Who wants to bet me there's going to be feet in this one? <laughs> oh. I'm going to watch for that now. I bet you there is. I'm going to hear you laughing in the theater. And I'm going like, yep. <laughs> to laughing the most inopportune <laughs> time. It'll be great. 100%. And then yeah. I will cringe when the music montage mm-hmm. plays. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas has just ruined the entire movie for us, and we haven't even seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, I, I really like him working in short stuff, like mm-hmm. under 30 minutes. So it sounds like he's really into the theatrical stuff, but I really hope he returns to doing like, you know, 14-minute, 6-minute, 4-minute shorts, Um, just because I feel like he can do a lot um, in that, like, short time period and stuff. Like, your name is great, don't get me wrong, but, like, I I just really like... I finally remember the name of the other short. It's called Someone's Gaze, and uh, Mm -hmm. I think, to me, that might actually be my favorite thing I've ever seen by him. But, uh, like like I said, I'm not taking anything away from your name. And I, I think sometimes when creators are given freedom they just go all out and mm-hmm. don't rein themselves in so if you give them restrictions they're forced to have to make mm-hmm. it more concise mm-hmm. and make it better yeah so yeah i i, I can see him mm-hmm. doing better in short film work mm. cool yeah so yeah uh voices of a distant star um is an old adv title i mm-hmm. don't think it's it readily point. available it and cool. but i i have seen it streaming a couple places yeah i, I, I watched yeah. it on Crunchyroll. Yeah. yeah um five centimeters through second uh, is a discotech blu-ray so you can pick that one up mm-hmm. garden words is a sentai blu-ray you can pick that one up in your name mm-hmm. uh i don't believe we have any of the le's anymore but we still do have the regular blu-rays from funimation yep. so mm-hmm. uh and then the other ones that we didn't talk about Children Who Chase Lost Voices is a Sentai oh, Select. Sentai. Yep. Yeah. And then the Place Promised in Their Early Days is also an ADV title that isn't very readily accessible, but I think it might be streaming on Crunchyroll, but don't hold me to that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you can pretty much catch almost all of this stuff and get ready for Weathering With You, which I think is going to get a nice theatrical push again, so hopefully a lot mm-hmm. of you will be able to, to see it. So. Cool. So, what's going on at Right Stuff right now? So, as of the time this podcast is coming out, which is going to be tomorrow or Sunday? I could make it whenever. Oh, it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. As of the time this podcast is coming out, we are running a Kadantra Dark Horse sale. Woo-hoo! So, a week-long special on all the Kadantra Dark Horse titles. 33% off, so if there's anything you've been... Wanting to collect yeah. Vinland Saga, uh, Fire <laughs> Force, um, Magus of the Library. Yes, personal there, favorite. Ooh. There's a Attack on Titan. If you are oh, yeah. dying mm-hmm. to figure out, Fairy Tale has a new box set. Oh, yeah, Fairy Tale. I'll pick it onto box sets. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Magic Ray Earths in there. Yeah. Oh my God. Akira. Akira. Oh, Akira. The, well, the few we have left. Yeah, yeah. That is out of print, people. Yeah. Get that. That is the only yeah. way you can get those. Uh, the Akira manga flipped by yeah. the way, because the, mm-hmm. the regular ones they have are not flipped. So, um, and that set is just awesome too. So it's huge. Um, I need to get it. I we, need to, I need to, I need to take out a loan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are also finished today is going to be the last day of our back to school sale. So just some titles picked out to, uh, 
hopefully give you something to do in your spare time when you're doing homework. And then it'll be the last week of our uh, running a special on some of the Studio Ghibli titles as well. Mm -hmm. There's also a couple of Shop Factory uh, titles in there as well that are a low price right now, so go ahead and check those out. All right, and then just a quick update on the Keone Annie uh, charity that we did last month. Uh, we finally got a final number in, and we were able to raise $28,000 altogether Ooh. for... Kyo Annie that we will be submitting um, will already be submitted by the time this podcast comes out so yep. we were super happy with uh, the fans coming out in droves and yep. uh, donating yes it's very awesome mm -hmm. and uh, yeah 28k that that's awesome that's the best I think we've ever raised for any charity that we've done yep. too so yep. it just kind of shows that how much we care about the people that are in our industry mm -hmm. stuff like that Definitely. so well thank done, you very everybody. much to all the listeners out there and everybody who donated to this awesome charity. We have two conventions coming up. We have Anime Fusion coming up in October and NebraskaCon coming up at the last weekend of October slash November. Uh, Anime Fusion is in Plymouth, Minnesota, right outside of Minneapolis, and NebraskaCon is in Omaha. So if any of you guys are anywhere near there and you guys are heading to that convention, stop by and say hi. We are hosting, I think, five panels at Anime Fusion. Wow. Whoa. Yay. We can do we can do it. We can yeah. Do it. And we'll have a really big, nice booth at both conventions. Nebraskan, I think we only have two uh, panels. I think it's just our industry panel and our trivia panel. Um, so go ahead and stop by, say hi to us. We always like to meet the fans. Um, and that's gonna that'll conclude our convention season with Nebraskan. Uh, we will be full-fledged into holiday mode by that point. Yep. So speaking of which, uh, holiday <laughs> is right around the corner, and the merchandising team is already getting ready to uh, send out our emails to all of our friends at Kadansha, Dark Horse, Funimation, Sentai. Yeah. You think about it, they're probably one of them. And yep. getting a nice, awesome sale ready for you guys starting in November. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, my wallet <laughs> is already crying. Yeah, yeah. We always get the joy of seeing what's going to be in the sale and writing down all the stuff we're going to buy. Yeah, <laughs> we don't pre-shop at all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there's going to be some great titles in there on sale. Uh, we'll have our mega deals like always, which you always get great low prices for one day on items. So our Viz weekly specials. We're going to have some awesome Viz titles in there as well. So, um, and then we're going to kind of end the podcast with. Uh, Next Wednesday, we are going to have a new title that will be getting announced on our social media uh, website. Um, it's pretty, yes, it's a pretty awesome title. That It's an older one, but I'm, I'm happy that we were able to get a hold of it and going to be able to release it. Um, so mm -hmm. keep an eye out on our social media page for this Wednesday. Um, we'll have the announcement there, and it will be up for pre-order right away. So mm -hmm. I, I'm excited to watch this title. So. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well... I think that's about does it. If you guys have any questions for us here at the Right Stuff Anime Podcast, you can always email us at rspodcast at rightstuff.com. Yeah. Um, and this time we won't be gone as long. We will be back in two weeks, so mm -hmm. don't threat that much. So, <laughs> Well, that does it for us here at the podcast, and we will see you guys again in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Later, y'all. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Right Stuff Anime. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions or comments to rspodcast at rightstuff.com and we might just answer them in a future episode. 
That's rspodcast at rightstuff.com.